Welcome to the Sold School Podcast, Episode 9. Welcome to the Sold School Podcast. I'm your host, Will Mansoor, and I'm here with my co-host, Sean Getty. As always, what's up, Sean? Hey, buddy. What's happening, man? Not much. Today, we are in part two of three of our listing uh, series. And today, we are going to be talking about something that uh, is pretty, uh, I guess, nerve-wracking to some, yet easy for others uh and and because it is uh years ago i guess we could save that now because it's been years uh you came up with this listing presentation strategy that you have actually uh gave away for free for a year but now you charge in your gsp uh one week training which is spectacular and uh i could tell you uh from experience not only from a listing perspective but from actually uh, sitting in on the GSP and teaching it, uh, this is pretty freaking awesome stuff you guys are about to get. So uh, without further ado, I want to get into this with you, Sean, because this is your baby. Uh, I love this day of the week uh, and uh, of the GSP training. So uh, let's get into this shit. Let's go. You ready? Let's go. Oh, let's go, baby. <laughs> All right. So GSP, Sean. Guaranteed success plan. Yes, guaranteed success plan. And it is guaranteed. If you execute and and don't procrastinate and do the work, do the work. Guess what? Yeah, and we have people in our line, in our group uh, that have uh, come from nothing and they're doing what they're told. And guess what? They are crushing it. So um, I want to start. I want to start from the beginning. Sorry, I cut you off there. I, I didn't mean to. Don't hurt me. I want to. I was. Oh, you go ahead. No, I was going to say. I want to start from the beginning. But before we do, I want to talk about some of the successes of the listing day in the GSP uh, that you've had with people, not only yourself because you're crushing it, but with people that you've you've given this to. For sure. Yeah, I was going to say we just have one one girl that's uh, just joined recently. Uh, 18 deals. I think she's at in her first three months as a realtor. That's insane. I love that. Not $1 of ad spend. Not okay. Well, that's, yeah. that's massive, yeah. right? Not $1 of ad spend. Wow. Yeah. Do we want to give her a shout out or what? <laughs> yeah. You know what? We're going to, uh, we're going to have her on. She's so shy and so modest, but uh, we need to have her on the on the pod for sure. I love it. Okay, let's do that. Okay, so so there, but that's just one of many, right? One of many that uh, we can talk about here um, that have that have executed the GSP uh, training, but uh, the listing side of things, right? So let's get into the listing side. Let's start from the beginning. You're you're you're. You've got the listing appointment. Last week, we covered how to get listings, all the different things we had to do. And if you haven't listened to last week's, stop this right now. Go back, listen to part one, and then come back and listen to today's. But you've got all the listing presentations or the uh, the listing appointments. Now what? What are we doing? Yeah, well, we're going to walk in the deal, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think one of the biggest things to really understand and comprehend is so many agents are doing the same thing from years and years and years ago, right? Yeah. So I talk about this on uh, day two when we're doing about the, the open house strategy. But if you're working an open house in a community, there's going to be, let's say, another 5, 10, 12 open houses in the same community, same weekend, and all the realtors are saying the same thing. 
right? So you have to make sure that you're doing something different, saying something different, uh, so that one, you could stand out of the crowd in a good way, and two, just lock in the deal, right? Yeah, separation, right? Separation. Yeah. yeah. What are you What are you doing better? What are you doing different? So the listing presentation, uh, where mine came from, <clears throat> is just uh, out of literally watching. I don't even know how many on YouTube and and googling everything, but I probably watched a hundred different you different uh, listing presentations. And I was watching ones from like huge seminars where people were paying big money and they recorded it. So they put it out, you know, a year later type thing and uh, different coaches and sales trainers and just all of it. And they were all relatively the same. Uh, and I didn't like any of them. <laughs> none of them, none of them seemed personal. They all seemed transactional and none of them were educational. Right. And mm-hmm. educating your clients helps them make an informed decision. And if they're making an informed decision because of the education you gave them, they're going to be way more comfortable, obviously choosing you. Right. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. So you want to get into some of it or the concept of it? Well, let's, let's just say like, okay, I'm, I'm at the front door. I knock on the door. I'm going to see these people that don't know me. Okay. They don't know, like, and trust me yet. That's really important because I think the outcome and the, you you, when you break bread at somebody's table that doesn't know, like, and trust you, it's a different situation than when you're breaking bread with somebody that knows, likes, and trusts you. There's more, Comfort, trust, the, the foundations there. I want to go in. This person's a cold lead. I've been nurturing them, talking to them, doing everything we teach our guys to do. Uh, and I'm knocking on the door and they answer the door and on to you, Sean. Okay, perfect. So first and foremost, uh, you want to go before you go to the listening presentation, go grab yourself a bottle of wine. Doesn't got to be expensive. Doesn't be crazy. 15 bucks, 20 bucks, whatever it is. Uh, but leave it in the car. Okay. And there's a reason for this. <clears throat> so you leave it in the car, you go, you knock on the door and um, obviously greet the person with enthusiasm, have a big smile on your face, be warm. So, Hey, how's it going? Yeah. What's coming in. Let's do the listening presentation. Um, you should obviously have your book bag with you. So when you come in, uh, leave the bag at the front door. And again, there's another reason for leaving the bag at the front door. We'll get into all this stuff. So leave the bag at the front door. And what happens is now we need to warm the person up. So especially if it's a cold, if you got it from uh, door knocking or internet lead or something like that, where you don't know the person, yep, have to warm them up. So the only way to know is uh, from body language. So what happens is you're going to ask a million questions about anything that you could think of and try to use things around the house for indicators or clues. So like if they got you know a bunch of sports memorabilia or a team up on the wall, talk about the team. If they've got certain decorations or they've got, uh, you know, a bunch of trips, like let's say they got Eiffel Towers everywhere. I'd be like, oh, have you been to Paris? Whatever. Talk about those things. Talk just general conversation for them to answer questions and start feeling comfortable. And when you're going to know they're comfortable is when you see their body relax. So some of the big ones is shoulders going back down. A lot of people sit with their shoulders up. A lot of people sit forward. Uh, so when they lean back in their chair, their shoulders drop, they sigh relief. You can even see their head kind of, you know, lighten up a little bit. So those physical cues are the ones that you're looking for before you start going into the presentation. And that might take forever. So body language is huge, right? Like you guys are listening. I don't even know if you're looking at any of this stuff or you're more concerned about what you're going to say, which is what 99% of agents are. They're they're thinking about what they're going to say. Whereas Sean is saying, you got to go in with your shoulders down and be relaxed. You got two ears in one mouth, ask the right questions and pay attention, right? To what's going on. Not, not only with the person you're meeting with, but also about what's going on in the surroundings around them. So you can ask specific questions. 
questions uh, that are really not related to real estate. You're just getting the person to relax, right? Yeah, we're we call it coffee worthy. So you yep. want to get to know the person to the point where they would invite you out to coffee, right? Yeah. And to show you, like, you know, again, I, I understand that I'm an exception a bit to the rule, but to show you how focused I am on the relationship versus the transaction and the numbers, uh, it's been well over a year since I've prepped for a listing presentation. So I don't even look at the property online before I go in. I have no idea what I'm walking into. I just have an address. So, you know, people are doing like all the, and you guys should, because you're starting out. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're doing all like the background information, uh, background work and studying the property and you spend an hour researching and all that kind of stuff. I, I literally don't even know what color the house is when I'm walking up to it. So once you get really good at this, you can get to that level. And I can tell you, I don't miss listing presentations. Like literally, I, I, I can't think of a time when I've lost one. And I go up against some of the biggest names in the city at this point, right? Mm. So, uh, so anyways, you walk in, you leave your bag at the front door on purpose. Um, you go in, you sit wherever they're most comfortable. So it could be the living room, could be the kitchen, could be the island, could be whatever. Um, and you just start warming them up, getting coffee worthy. So asking questions about them and the surroundings and anything that you could find about them, right? So <clears throat> uh, we want to warm them up. <clears throat> and... Um, where am I here? So yeah, once they're warmed up, then you can kind of start getting into the reason why they're selling, right? Because we want to know uh, what their pain points are so that we can solve the problem. So I like to just ask them straight up, you know, what has you thinking about moving or what changed or wow, this looks like a beautiful house, right? So what doesn't work in this house for you anymore? And you need to find out why they want to move, what the pain is. So again, you can solve it. So, oh, you know, we love this house. It was whatever, our family home, we had three bedrooms, now we need four, we went because it was close to this school, now our kids are too old, blah, 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 whatever it is, start finding the problems so that you can obviously put them into the house, what they're looking for on the move, right? If that makes sense? Yep. Okay, so we start getting qualifying. Um, and then once you get qualified, you're like, okay, perfect. Well, why don't you show me the highlights of the house so that I know what to sell, right? So that I know what to highlight when uh, we put this listing up. And so we're going to tour the house two times. I don't know if you guys follow much of my training, but I always do everything twice, it seems. Uh, so the first time when you're going through, yeah, <laughs> the, the big wheel. But there's a long way and a wrong way to do everything. And if you want to get results, you got to go the long way and uh, actually dig into all these things, right? Yeah, 100%. So, yeah. So when you're touring the house, this is not the time to talk about staging. This is not the time to talk about pricing or, or any kind of strategy whatsoever, you're just still building trust. So the first time you're walking through, you're complimenting everything, right? They're walking through and they're showing you the shower upgrade. You're like, oh, wow, that is a great shower upgrade. Or wow, look at the lights you get out of these windows or whatever, wow, vaulted ceiling in the master, this is great, right? So boom, 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 just keep everything that they're excited about, you need to be excited about too, okay? So you walk through the whole house, keep in mind of the things that you're gonna have to change uh, during your second walk, which is when you're going to tell them how to stage their home. Um, but this is literally just you building trust. So that's the main goal of the, the two, again, the two things we focus on, what's the intent and how do I maximize my ROI? So yeah. the intent of the first walk is to gain more trust. Okay. So once we finish doing the tour and the walk, uh, now we're going to price out the house. So you're typically going to end up at the same place you started. So if you're sitting in the living room, the kitchen, the island, you're probably going to end up back there. Uh, if they offer you something, take it. Okay. So if they offer you water or tea, coffee, snack, whatever it is, even if you don't drink it or eat it, that's totally fine. But you accepting it is what more of a friend. Well, the other thing too, I think, and I do this in general is 
um, you know, if somebody offers me something, I always accept it because they're trying to be kind, right? And if you don't, if you don't take what you're getting offered, you're robbing them of that kindness. That's so right. just, you know, yeah, just, just let them be, it's okay to say, yeah, sure. I'll have a coffee. They're offering it. If they didn't want you to have one, uh, you're now coffee worthy. They are offering a coffee to you. Take it. Yeah. Yeah. So now uh, what happens is you purposely left your book bag by the front door. Remember that, right? Yep. Yeah. Your laptop bag, whatever. Um, so now you're like, okay, well, let's press at your house. Let me grab my bag. You'd be like, oh, I forgot something in the car. So now you go back to the car. That's when you grab your bottle of wine and then you let yourself back in the front door to grab the, uh, to grab your bag and then go to the, wherever the kitchen, let's say. So why do you think we're, we're grabbing, why do you think we're letting ourselves in the front door? What's the importance to this? The significance? Comfort. Comfort. Well, who, who can let themselves in the front door of somebody else's house? A friend. A friend. <laughs> Family, right? Yeah. Can you imagine a stranger letting himself in the front door? Right? Yeah, no, I, buddy, I get it. Never. Yeah. Right? Never. So like yeah. your like your mom coming in, right? Yeah. So what happens is you letting yourself in the front door is just another one of those super small subliminal subconscious things of we are friends, right? Yeah. yeah. So same like we're looking for the body language, we're looking for these little tiny things that is going to make a difference between your presentation and somebody else's. So you go in there, you give them the wine. Thank you so much. It's just appreciation uh, for letting me interview for the job, right? Whether they drink wine or not, it doesn't matter. Whether they like it or not, just throw it out. But the, the gesture is there. But you walking in the front door is the, the main key that we're looking for. Okay, so now once we start the pricing for the listing presentation, uh, you guys should be doing a CMA beforehand. So you have it all ready, right? And whichever way you do a CMA, whether you print off the MLS sheets, you build a CMA in the system, whatever it is, that's up to you. Um, but you grab it and you had it to them and you go, this is for you for later, but I'm going to show you how I built this and how we get to our price. And that is the big significant difference on this one, because most people are going to go through the same song and dance, the market stats, the statistics, the, what you need to sell your house, why you should sell your house, why you price it this way, blah, blah, blah. And honestly, it's, it's deer in the headlights. It's, it's nobody gives a shit about this. And they've seen it four other times because they've had four other realtors come and interview. Okay. So all that is irrelevant. People just want to know how to price their house, what price you can get for it, and the things that you're going to do separate from somebody else. You know, all that other stuff is, is noise and it doesn't matter. Separation, yeah. Right, how many, how many listing presentations have you been on in the past or people that you've seen where they come with the binder and they flip through it, right? And they're like, like here's the statistics of our team or my person and here's what the market is doing and here's what the this and people are just like, oh, like, dude, just show They don't me. care, it's verbal diarrhea, like get rid yeah. of it. So if you have your listing allowed. presentation, it's irrelevant. They don't care about your company and this, that, and the other. It's such bullshit, man. They're hiring you, right, to sell their house for top dollar. How are you going to do that for me? But, yeah, I see it. The glossy, flashy, waste of money, crap. Like, I had somebody in our group ask me this morning, can you send me a copy of your listing and buyer presentation? Yeah, day five, here you go. I don't, I don't have one. <laughs> Like I don't right. it's a people business, right? I, I, I work with people and they don't need flashy uh, uh, pamphlets from me. I don't even have them on my, at my listings. You don't, why it's smoke and mirrors. It's all bullshit. Money yeah. talks. Anyways, it's my rant <laughs> over. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. So now we're going to price out the house. 
So what I do is open up my laptop, connect to their Wi-Fi or a hotspot, my phone, whatever works. And I'm going to literally just build the CMA with them on purpose, right? So I'm going to go in there. I'm going to log into, well, we use Matrix, whatever you guys use. And then how I build mine is I draw the map. So I draw the map around the community where I'm looking at. And the reason why I like to use the draw tool instead of like just doing the community is because sometimes the streets make a difference, right? Agreed. If a house is on the pond, if it's got a green space, if it's on a busy road, if it's whatever, I try to carve out as much of that as I can that pertains to the house that I'm looking at. So I'm getting good comps. I don't want, you know, three blocks over where these guys got a Valley Ridge view versus an interior lot. We're going to be like 300 grand difference, right? Yeah. So, um, so uh, anyway, so I draw the map and then what I do is I go per square foot first and because we're going to check our work second on the price. So you start with the per square footage, let's say it's a 2000 square foot house. I like to go hundred square feet each direction. So I'll do 1900, 2100. And then I'm gonna check out everything that's sold inside the map in the last 30 days. <clears throat> so I like to have usually two or three that are below, two or three that are above. And that's enough information for me. If there's more, I usually break it down to like 14 days or seven days. If there's less, then I'll maybe go a little wider in the search, either the timeline or the distance, right? Depending on the community. Yeah. So now we've got a couple higher and a couple lower. Um, I've got my active and I've got my solds. So what I like to do first is go through the solds and I organize it from highest to lowest. And the reason why we go highest to lowest is because there's a good chance we're going to need to give these guys a slap of reality because they probably don't have the right price in their head. Right. Yeah. So I go with the sold. And um, so let's just use an easy number. Let's just say 500,000, right? So 500,000. So I'm going to have some at 525, 540, and I'm going to have some at 475, 460. And we're looking to end up kind of somewhere in the middle, most likely, right? So now when we're going through the more expensive one, uh, I'm clicking through the pictures and I'm assigning a value to every single picture, right? So we toured the house, we're going to know what it looks like. So as we're clicking through, we're like, okay, like, look at this kitchen. This one's been updated. It's got granite and white. Uh, white cabinets and you know you can tell that it's been cleaned and all that kind of stuff yours is still the original kitchen kitchen rentals today are about let's say twenty five thousand dollars this value does that make sense yes it does you have to get agreements you have yeah. to have to have to get agreements if you don't get agreements you can't move forward because you're not going to get to the right price at the end mm. <clears throat> so again if they're seeing stuff selling let's say 540 and like oh my house is over 540 and then now you pull this one up that sold for 540 and you just said, hey, this kitchen is, is superior to yours by 25,000. What did they just do in their head? Okay. They minus 25,000, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right? So now they're going to be at 525, 15, whatever, in their head. Like, okay, perfect. This one has brand new hardwood floors. Yours doesn't have brand new hardwood floors. That's about seven, $8,000. In their head, they're going to subtract that. And you do that with every single picture because you have to assign a value for what buyers and sellers are, or what buyers are going to see, right? And you got to know what those values are too, by the way. You, you know what those values are. So if you don't know what those values are, you know, figure out what those values are before you start assigning value to them because, um, you know, it, it's it's hard going in there and just saying, oh yeah, it's 40,000 when it's really 25. You know what I mean? And the best way to do that, well, there's two good ways to do that. One is to do a bunch of CMAs on your own. Yep. So like, I have no problem with new people sitting there for two, three, four hours a day, just doing CMAs. And they're just going to start to pick up on these things, right? Yeah. 
So you're just going to start picking up on those things. And you're also going to see what matters in different communities. Like, for example, some communities, a side entrance is a must. If you don't have one for a, for a basement suite, you'll never sell your house. Right. Some communities, they couldn't give a shit, right? They're, they're, there's no value whatsoever to a side entrance. And then there's no sale period without a side entrance. You know what I mean? Like, it's totally yeah. different communities. So... Um, so we're assigning a value to every single one of the, um, uh, one of the pictures and that goes up and down, obviously, but if we're starting at the more expensive ones, we're probably going to work our way down. And then, so they're going to see the first house 540 and they're going to see $40,000 worth of upgrades versus theirs. And the next one, and then there should be one that's pretty similar. And then you're going to have one that's lower that you're going to add up, right? Be like, look, this one's got original windows. Yours doesn't. That's fifteen thousand dollars. Oh, sorry. Let's circle back the the two ways to to check uh, on the price of things. One is to uh, do a bunch of CMAs yourself, and then the other one is to just go through the process. So talk to somebody who's renovating a kitchen, right? Talk to some people, renovation companies, and be like, "Hey, I've got a house this many square feet, whatever. You know, how much is it to replace the floors? How much is it to replace the banisters? How much is it to do a new kitchen on average?" And they're going to want to come and see it most of the times, but they can give you a rough quote, a rough estimate otherwise, or go into showrooms, right? Or talk to tradespeople that you know that are contractors that do floors or do kitchens or, you know, spray kitchens, for example, um, or upgrade appliances. I mean, you can go on any type, you can go on the brick where you used to work and you can go on there and see how much a stainless steel fridge and stove and dishwasher costs. There's a bunch of ways to get, get familiarized with that value, folks. So make sure you do. And that, that's a good place to spend some of your time as a new agent so that you can comfortably and confidently talk about those things. Yeah, I agree. But I want to just, just pause for a sec. Have you ever gone into a listing presentation and you know the uh, the price market value is 500 and the uh, the seller prospective seller says 600? All the time, yeah. And, here, and here's why it's so important to, to get an acceptance on each price of each picture because of how we're going to handle that as an objection at the end, because it will be an objection for sure. Yeah. And, one of the things, do you ever look at expireds? Uh, yeah. So we, we're going to talk about expireds too. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. No, oh, that's okay. That's okay. But we are going to get to it all. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So you've, you've valued all pictures. You've done the CMA. You've come up with your number. Here's yeah. the, okay. Another thing for our, our listeners, do you give them a, a price or do you give them a price range and why? Yep. So uh, I don't give them either. Right. So I let them give it to me. Yeah. Right. So what happens is now we've gone through the houses, two, three above, two, three below. And then I flip it on them and I say, let's say that all these houses were for sale right now, including yours. And let's say you were a buyer. You're not selling anymore. Now you're a buyer. What would you buy this house for versus those? And you let them give you a price. And that, that typically lets them give a very honest answer because it's not what they want to sell it for. It's what they want to buy it for. Does that yeah. make sense? And it makes them mind flip of like, oh, you know what? Like if I was buying, there's no way I would pay 540. I'd buy this one for 540. And if they give you a bullshit number, that's going to be too high. You go back to your agreements on all the pictures and you'd be like, okay, well, I understand you want 540, right? So like you maybe buy for 540, but let's go back through the 540 and let me know why you think you would buy this one for 540 instead of that one. Let's go to the kitchen. Do you agree that this kitchen is worth 25,000 more? Yeah, I do. Okay, perfect. Well, do you agree that these floors are newer than yours and that's like $70,000? Yes, I do. Okay, perfect. Do you agree that this is a pilot and yours isn't a pilot? That's like $10,000? Yeah, I do. Okay. So as a buyer, again, I'm going to ask you, 
where do you see this being worth 540? And they're like, you know what? Actually, I don't. I'm like, okay, me neither. Does that make sense? So, and that's how you have to handle that objection if it comes up. Uh, and it, it probably will. To be oh, honest, yeah. oh right? just assume it's going to, right? Yeah. And yeah. if you're new and you don't know what you don't know, role play. Like find a partner and role play these objections because they're they're great. Yeah. Right. And what happens is it's not objection. It's just your buyer or seller asking you for better education. That's all that it is. Right. Yep. And yep. if you can better educate them, then they can make a better educated decision because you, the last thing you want to do is put an overpriced listing on the market. Right. It's not helpful for anybody. Which is when I was going to talk about expireds. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Right. So the and we can jump into that now. Uh, so once I've got the sold prices all verified and, uh, and looked at, then we got our price. So let's say it's 500 or whatever we choose. Um, and I didn't give that price. The seller gave that price. I just directed them into that. The, I just directed them down the road and they're the ones that got there. Right. Yep. And if, if you do this properly, you should have the same price. So, um, sorry. So when they say their price of 500,000, that's when you would grab your CMA that you prepared at the end. And they're going to be like, yeah, you know what? You're right. Or not. You're right. Sorry. You know, I think I would probably buy this one for 500,000. And be like, okay, oh, you pass that CMA again, grab the CMA and be like, you know what? And you flip to the last page. I was thinking the exact same number. Does that make sense? Again, now you guys are in agreement. You never gave that number, but you validated that that's the number that you were thinking coming in. Right. Sense? Yeah. Right. So now what I do is I typically go through the actives uh, after that. And so like that, that process should take you near from like 20 to 40 minutes, the sold process. Uh, going through the solds because you are really looking for the details, right? Now yeah. for the actives, maybe it's like 10 minutes, much quicker. And all you're saying is this is the competition that we're up against. So even though this is the price that we want to sell at, we want to make sure that we're competitive with the ones that we're going to be up against. So you just power through those ones and be like, okay, you know, this one's underpriced, this one's overpriced. And if there's one that's underpriced, you're like two things. One, we got to wait for this one to sell before we go on. Uh, or see if it sells and goes into a crazy bidding war, or if there's an overpriced one, you can typically look at the days on market and be like, look, they've already done the market research for us. This has been on market for 48 days. We don't want to do that, right? So clearly this didn't work. We don't want to be that guy. Uh, then if you want, you could go into expireds and expireds give us the same kind of information that an overpriced house will give you. And that's what didn't work, right? And I think that's probably what you're getting at, Will. Yeah, I know for here, a lot of people will overprice their houses in down markets and they'll sit on the market. And, and the number one reason why uh, houses don't sell is because they're overpriced. So before, when I go into a listing presentation or I do it over my uh, screen capture videos with my with my video CMAs that I do, I always bring up the expireds and I in, in the mapped area. And I'm like, look, these two houses were expired. Uh, they were listed for you know this and they both didn't sell. And when the average day on the market is 10, these are at 45 because they're inflated and they're they're way overpriced. And the number one reason why houses don't sell is because they're overpriced. Uh, there are other there are other reasons, but that's one of the top ones that you're not selling. So um, and undermarketed. Yeah, and undermarketed too, obviously. But the uh the uh the, the it actually for me it helps paint a picture, especially if they have a number in their head that's around where those expireds are. Now I've shown them, look, two houses in your area were listed at that price and they sat on the market for 60 days. They didn't sell. The other seven that sold, sold at this price and the average day on the market was 12, right? It, they, the proof is in the numbers. That's the beauty of this business is that 
you can do everything you want, but the market will tell you pretty quickly if you're out to lunch, right? Uh, which you don't have to be the bad person to tell your client that if you want to take a listing that's overpriced and you know, it's overpriced because let's be honest, there are some listings we take that we know are not going to sell, but there are a number of ways that we train our people that you can get deals, other deals out of listings. So it might not be the, the best choice to take the listing, but if you execute the system, you'll get other business from that listing and hopefully they'll listen to you and that listing will reduce in price, right? But it, it, it is going to sit and it sucks because the numbers don't lie. The numbers are the numbers. Yep. The market's the market, right? It's either up or it's down or it's it's status quo. But, uh, you know, I think the other thing I'd like to talk about too is factors that determine list price, right? Right now, we are in a situation where there's war where the stock market is uh, is haphazard, uh, gas prices are through the roof, and interest rates are going up. Four dominoes, okay? All we needed was one domino before it hit two, before it hit three, before it hit four. There are other things too. What other factors other than those right now would you say are contributing to list prices? Oh, that's, that's like a whole other segment, man. <laughs> Did I just stump you? Ah! Yeah. No, of course not. Listeners at home or in your cars. Yeah. Please it is 1.30 on March 15th. And Wait, I just me? No, no, no. I said we need a whole other segment, man. I can talk, I, I, this is all yeah, I talk about. Right. Let's move on. I stumped them. Let's go. So, <laughs> so but anyway, what but to I'm be saying real. is, it, you know, there's our outside of personal things like, yeah. Um, you know, like they need money to like, okay. So I had somebody that listed, uh, I brought the buyer and they listed their house with a purple bricks type of company, right. At the time. And, uh, we brought the buyer in and my buyers and we walked through the whole place and on the listing, it said, uh, seller free to negotiate price with list with buyer agent, which I was like, what the fuck? Anyways, I go in, I end up showing my buyers the house. They like it. They put an offer in. They didn't, this guy had no idea about market conditions. Uh, we ended up doing a home inspection, knocked another 15K off the price. This is the quick story. Uh, we ended up buying it for $585. My guys lost a, an offer a week before that on a busier street. This, this house they bought on was way better, and it sold for $620. So when it all happened, I, I called this guy because I was dealing with him, right? And I said, and he was a really nice guy. And I said, hey, listen, I'm just curious why you didn't use an agent. He goes, well, I needed the money. I, I didn't want to spend money on fees. And I'm like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, this, this really sucked. He goes, I'm actually sick and I need to buy medical equipment with the sales proceeds of my house. And I was like, oh, man, I, I, I was just so shitty. And I'm like, can I just share something with you? He goes, sure. I go, this house over here sold for 620 busier street. Uh, you know, I, and I felt like I didn't feel like I took advantage of him because his business, I was there to get the, the price, lowest price for my buyers, which I did. They were ecstatic. I said, even if you ever, even if you paid an agent, you still would have been up 15 G's. I'm sure that's a lot of money for you right now. Well, man, there was crickets on the other end of the phone. He was quiet. And, uh, you know, his reason for listing was to get medical equipment. Others might be I want to list, I want to cash out, 
and I want to rent. Um, others might have to sell because they're downsizing. Others might sell because they're upsizing. But I, these are all different factors that play into the listing, like whether it's the price, whether it's the timing, whether it's anything. So um, I just want to throw that in. So now that you guys have sat down, you've got your price. Where are we going next? Okay. So, yeah, so we've gone through everything. We've got our price. Uh, now what I like to do is just talk about how I do things a little bit differently than, um, than most, right? So most realtors, one thing that they're going to say is like, oh, we put it on whatever, 10,000, 20,000 associated websites and blah, blah, blah. And like, that's irrelevant in this day and age. Like no one's going to like whatever, abchomes.com to look for houses. doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, so uh, I just let everybody know that we are extremely aggressive on social media and we market it on over 50 different platforms and areas on, on social. And we get tens of thousands of views uh, on that one. And that drives in traffic from outside of people's search criteria areas. And that's what's so important. So what happens, uh, two things I show them. So I go through some of the listings and I always show them my photos and I pay a premium for my pictures. I think everybody should, um, but I always edit my skies. You see my skies, right? Yeah, they're beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> always dramatic sunsets or something. Um, yeah. But they're bright and they're bold. And the reason why is it's clickbait, right? It's clickbait on social media, but it's also clickbait on MLS. Because if you do a search criteria, let's just use 500, if uh, you do $500,000, you know, four bed, three bath, whatever, in a certain community, you're going to get basically the same house times 20 on a search criteria, give or take, right? Yeah, 100%. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to have this one house with this crazy dramatic sky that stands out. You have to click and open it. You have to, right? So my open rate on MLS is super, super high, right? Because we can see all those numbers versus when I do a normal blue sky or I've got, you know, pictures from somewhere else, whatever, or an old listing. Um, so uh, right away you're there, you're gonna get a higher open rate and a better open rate, which is a better response. And then when you're marketing it on different platforms around social media, you're gonna hit people that are outside the community looking in. So for example, let's say somebody's over in, I don't know, like I use Applewood, right? Yeah. So if somebody's got their search criteria, I wanna live in Applewood or I wanna live in that corner of the city and I wanna spend this much money with this many bedrooms, that's what they're going to get. Now, what happens is you can get somebody that's looking over in, I don't know, let's say Beachville, right, down the road uh, or another part of the city. And that exact same house, because it's a nicer part of the community or a nicer part of the city, a better community, might be 600000 So it's $100,000 more because it's 10 minutes more down the road. Those people aren't looking in Applewood. Their search criteria is not there. So what happens is all of a sudden now this shows up on their Facebook or it shows up on Instagram or whatever, and they're like, oh, wow, what's this house? And the clickbait with the crazy sky and everything. They start clicking through and they're like, holy shit, this house is nice. What? It's $100,000 less than I'm looking for. And then they start booking for showings. Um, they start booking for showings inside, uh, uh, or sorry, outside their search community. Yeah. And I'll give you an example, uh, me. This happened to me in one of my houses. Yeah. Uh, when we were looking for one, we we're looking for a certain community as a golf course, Canyon Meadows Golf Course. We didn't want to go past because it was too far from downtown, right? So that was the last community on our list, right? When you're searching the map. Well, the very next community was Woodside, was was not on our radar, was not on our searches. All of a sudden, this thing shows up on Facebook, and we're like, "Oh wow! Like, look at this house! Like, it is extraordinarily nicer than the ones that we're looking at, and it's five minutes more down the road." Let's go book it in. So we booked it in and we bought it that day instantly, right? And we, that was outside our criteria. 
Right? Yeah, 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 for sure. Well, it works. Listen, it works. It's not like it works 100%. And I, I think, uh, you know, that's a great conversation to have with the, those prospective sellers. Um, you know, I, I, again, I go back to what you've said it about four times already in this, in this podcast separation, you got to know a, what your competition is doing and you got to separate yourself. There should always be a gap always between you and somebody else. And if you are not, and you're side by side, shoulder to shoulder with that person, you're not getting ahead. You're not, you got to always create a gap. And, And I challenge you to sit down and figure out where where your gap is now and how bigger it can be and what you can do to just to widen that gap between you and the next person that's going to sit at the table you know you can even role play like that and get to that stage just just like a lot of things that you've said sean have already uh created a, a gap between you and the next agent that comes in right your process is different from the guy that walks in with all the smoke and mirrors, he's got the fire truck outside on standby because there's so many smoke and mirrors going on at this listing presentation uh, to put out the fires uh, because, and it's what everybody's doing. And a lot of the shit that people do is traditional. Uh, I actually had a listing that I knew I had, but I told my sellers to go and interview two other high end agents in my area. And they did. And they came back to me and they said, I'm so glad you told us to do that. I'm thinking, shit, did I lose this? They were traditional. They were out to lunch. They had no clue what was going on marketing digital wise. They just were in there trying to get listings based on their name. And those are the easiest people to to beat and to create separation on because they're stuck. They think their shit doesn't stink because they pay a lot of money to advertise like they're celebrities, but they paid to be celebrities. Let's be honest. And uh, their egos are so big. They add zero value. And they're all, they're at this pick me mentality because I'm in the paper every Friday when you're sitting, having a beer with your, with your supper, and then you see my face and you've seen a few of my signs around and eh, not good enough. You got to create separation, go above and beyond for those sellers. Right. So, and you're doing it. You've done it. How many houses have you listed in three years? Uh, oh, over 200 listed, probably like 270. In three fucking years. That's more than people do in a lifetime. <laughs> yeah, I've sold, I've sold, I haven't sold them all, but I've listed that many. doesn't matter if you're listening. Yeah. Fucking listen to this guy. Like <laughs> 270. Yeah. I was actually just looking last night. I've, I've literally sold, listed 199 sales. So I'm about to I'm about to cross 200 here any day. I've got a bunch under uh, a bunch under contract. Ooh, right. Nice. Thanks. Yeah, cool. yeah, I sit there. 199 uh, sold, and that's through MLS. So I've I probably got another couple dozen um, off MLS, right? Uh, through builder deals and stuff like that. But how many of your listings are cold? Uh, cold? Oh, yeah. none anymore. Yeah, they were at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. So now you're in, now you're, this is another episode, the repeat referral. And we'll get into this. Oh, but I'm not repeat referral either. They're, they're all brand new business. But okay, it's, that's um, what I meant. Are they, are they brand new business? Like, are oh, they, yeah, yeah. It's all brand new. Yeah. Everything is brand new. Yeah. 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 Like, you know, there's, there's, there's a handful of repeat, but there's, you know, I'm only three years in. Like, how many people yeah. have well, in three years? Right. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is crazy because the next three to five are going to be crazy for you. Yeah, uh, yeah it's going to be. Other... I already see it coming. Like people hit me up for a second round now. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, like once this kicks in, it's going to be trouble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's going to be trouble. Trust me on this one. <laughs> I know it's uh, it's nuts. And I, I, I will. We're going to wrap up. Uh, but in next week, we're going to get into uh, how to nurture and build that relationship so that in three to five years when they go to to sell uh you've got that foundation laid uh because let's be honest getting the listing and selling the house is not really hard the hard work starts once the house is sold and you gotta you gotta create that client for life right it's not clients per transaction it's clients for life you're throwing business away i love going and meeting with somebody for the first time in their house who I know. And I asked them the question, who sold you this house? Oh, uh, what was their name? I don't know. That is an epic fucking fail in business, right? You should not, I should never be sitting at somebody's table and thank God for these people because they make my life easy, but I should never be sitting with a, with a seller uh, who bought a house five years ago, uh, they should be using the agent that they used to buy the house. Would you agree? Like, otherwise, they, that agent failed. Clients per transaction. Absolutely. Yeah. But here, let's, before we end, let's, let's finish because we're not quite done yet, the listing presentation. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. So let's make sure that we, we lock everything in here. Lock it so, in. Uh, so the second time, or sorry. So now we've given the price, we've gone through the souls, we've gone through the actives. Uh, they've given us the price. We've come to an agreement with them. And then now you're showing them how you market things differently by taking high quality pictures. You uh, edit the outside for the clickbait. You put it on social media. You get in front of tens of thousands of people. If you guys are interested in how to do that, uh, that is also part of the guaranteed success plan training. Um, literally how to market your properties for free on social media and get crazy exposure and just big wins. Nice little um, Super quick example of this. I've got a listing that I've, I've got under contract right now, for example, uh, the lady used somebody else, had it for three months, uh, dead listing for three months. I think I think they had four showings or something like that, right? Four or five showings. Wow. Uh, yeah, that's it. And um, so I've had it now for about a week. Uh, I've got two offers on it, one we finally accepted. I've shown it myself five times, right, through the ads. So my, my own personal showings five times, my team showing it two times, and we got another 10 or so showings from, from besides that. So in one week, and the it wasn't just expired, you know what I mean? Like it expired and I picked it up the next week. So it's not like it's a huge time difference or anything like that. Yeah. I just marketed it. And it's funny because the, the listing agent that she used before literally said, I only put on MLS, you don't need to put it anywhere else. Well, clearly there's a difference putting it somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, she literally. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, you don't even you don't even say that you market like even if you do or you don't like at yeah. least see like you traditional really? measures, right? She's yeah, yeah, old, old, an MLS book. Book. yeah, old school, beautiful uh, paper marketing thing that sat on the on the kitchen table though. I'm like, oh wow, look at this pamphlet. I mean, like, call the fire is, department. Yeah, oh, this is nice quality paper we got here. <laughs> I mean, there's there's thirty of them and we only had five showings. So. Call the fire department. She's like, do you want me to get rid of these? I'm like, no, I'll go ahead and leave those on the table. It's fine. I don't care. <laughs> so, so anyways, um, so talk about marketing the property properly and getting good, um, good engagement and good people coming in. And then, um, so once they agree to that, and then basically you can tell at that point if they're going to use you or not, because they're going to be asking questions about what the next steps are, right? So oh, do we set a contract or whatever this? 
And then um, a lot of people like to sign the contract right there, right then and there at the table. I don't. Um, I like to just go home. And when I when I didn't have an admin, uh, I advise everybody to get an admin, no matter what part you're at at your business. They they do they do pay per deal instead of monthly or something. Um, my biggest mistake was taking too long to hire them in. But anyway, so I would go home and I would do it myself um, and prep the contract and send it to them at home because I just don't want to sit there in front of them and, and do the, like, it just, it's a, it's not a comfortable thing as you're filling out stuff, right? Like go home, fill everything out and then send it to them. Uh, you've got the deal, right? You don't have to be like sign it right now. The only thing you could do is if you really wanted to, you could prep all that before you go there and have it ready just in case. You could but do that too. You don't have all the information and you still got to load the forms and send a document. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's still a process that just doesn't need to happen in front of people. Yeah. In my mind, right? Uh, so anyways, they're like, yeah, so what do we do? Do we sign a contract? Do we this, this? And then obviously, yes, you do. And you're like, okay, perfect. So when, when I list your home, we become a team. We're partners. My job is to get as much exposure as possible to the listing and bring in as many people as possible, including my own buyers, which I'm going to do through marketing the house properly. Your job is to make it the best possible house that anybody can buy in the community. And how we do that is by decluttering and staging. And then I go through the house a second time, and I'm not going to spend too much time on this because uh, this would be a whole other segment. But you go through the house a second time, and you start pulling out the, the personal stuff, and you start pulling out the decluttering. And what I tell people is I go like, you want to move, right? You told me this, this, and this, this reason why you want to move. They're like, yep. Okay, well, let's act like it. Go get boxes, go get bins. I need you to pack all this shit up because I'm going to sell your house this weekend. Have confidence like that, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Pack it up, throw it in the garage, throw it in the basement, throw it in storage, wherever you want to put it. I'm selling your house this weekend. You might as well pack, make it easy on yourself. And then you put out that signal to buyers that yes, you're serious to move. And they, when they open the garage door and they see it stacked to the ceiling with boxes, like oh wow like this guy's ready to move right yeah that's just another just another subliminal signal to help out so you go through the house top to bottom and then this is when you start picking it apart you know take down this picture take down this move your couch this way turn your desk towards the door blah 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 like i give a whole other segment yeah 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 so then once you're done that um you've got the listing so you're like okay perfect so um i just asked them to go how long do you need uh, to get ready for pictures. I only need 24 hours notice. Well, now you need maybe two days, three days, right? Because of how busy it is. So I only need like three days notice. Um, so let's say it's whatever it was today, Tuesday, right? We're recording this. So I'm like, okay, today's Tuesday. I like to list on Thursdays. Um, so I'll be like, okay, if we take pictures tomorrow, <laughs> uh, I can have them back for Thursday. We could be listed Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we're sold. Um, but that's not really realistic. So I'd be like, okay, if we take pictures on Thursday, can you get your house ready in two days? And then I'll list it on Friday. They'd be like, yeah, I can, I can get it ready by Thursday. Okay, perfect. I'm going to order the pictures now. I'm going to order the sign now. Guys are going to be here on Thursday. I'll let you know what time. I'm going to go home and send you the contracts and then we're off to go. And you know, as I've never once talked about commission and usually I don't, right? I usually don't even need to bring up commission at all. Sometimes it's a conversation that happens as I'm leaving. Like, oh, by the way, what do you charge? Right? And again, you, you can't price fix. Yeah. So I just go, you know, the going rate in the city is about seven and three. That's what we charge here. I know you guys are five or whatever. Yeah. So the going rate in the city is seven and three. And I actually charge the exact same price as most people do, even though I give a higher quality level of service. I'm going to just send you the contract at that. Right. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that or the commission conversation comes up when I send the contract itself, um, because it's kind of it's kind of complicated how it says it. Right. Like it says we will charge seven and three and then we will pay three and a half, one and a half. You're like, oh, I'm paying two commissions here. Like, no, no, it's, well, they explain it, right? But that's yep. when the that's when the commission conversation comes up, and that's how you do the listing presentation, guys. Like, realistically, 
keep it simple, educate them, let them make the decision. You guide them along the way to that decision. Uh, you assume the sale because you're doing a great job and you're getting a bunch of little yeses along the way. And if you get a no or an objection, all that is is them requesting more information from you. That's it. So the two things that I took away from that for our listeners is one, separation, which we talked about. Find ways to separate yourself from your competition. And the second thing is don't be salesy. Be a guide. Guide them through the process because you will have greater success and greater results being a guide rather than a salesperson, right? And it's clients for life, guys. It's not clients per transaction. You have to have that mindset going in. The bottle of wine's a great touch. If you don't want to do wine, you can do something else. But it, it's a nice touch. It's kindness, right? Well, but but there's a key to it. It's the, the wine is irrelevant. Yeah, right? 100%. Yeah. Uh, what we're looking for is letting ourselves back in the front door. Yeah. 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 That's what we're looking for. Yeah. Letting yourselves <laughs> back in the front door. Did you guys get that? So he went out to his car. I forgot something, got the wine and didn't ring the doorbell or knock the door. He just walked in like he owned the place, right? Or and like I was an uncle or a mom or a dad. Whatever. Yeah. Like, yeah, friends, right? And that's what you're doing. And then once he got the listing, they were a team. They were one, right? Not two. They were one trying to get, this is what your job is. And this is what my job is. I love it. So we'll end off there. Uh, are you got anything else before we wrap this up for a second time, Sean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that's pretty good. Like, and just remember with listing presentations, guys, like, like listing presentations are gold, right? Like they are, they're probably the most valuable thing that you can have in your business. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you, you really want to focus on the work to get them so you can keep getting them. And you want to like, like, don't put too much pressure on yourself, right? That, that, you know, I have to get this, I have to get this. I understand, like, I was broke when I started this business, so I get it. But it's like, every single time that you go through a listening presentation, whether you win it or you lose it, you should just sit down and assess and be like, okay, like, what did I do well that moved me in the right direction? And where were my my gaps or what I could have worked on? So the next time, right? And it'd be like, you know what? This was the part of conversation where I lulled, or this was the part of the conversation where it kind of went the wrong way on me. And let me practice this, let me think about this and just, Analyze that part after the fact about, you know, where you could improve on it. And then the next one, you're going to get better. And just think of the listing presentation as not as part of your business at, at the at the beginning when you're just starting out, right? Don't think of it as part of the business that you do, but think of it as part of the education that you're getting. And be like, every time I get one, I'm just getting better and getting more educated at this process. And then it'll become part of the business, if, if that makes sense. Great advice to end off by the legend, Sean Getty. <laughs> I love it. Uh, thanks, buddy. Appreciate this. Next week, we are doing part three of three, which is the nurturing of that relationship after the sale. So the repeat and referral, which is my business. Uh, so, uh, yeah, this is, uh, yeah. So uh, some really good stuff here. I love this. But uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. I uh, really enjoyed this today, Sean. As always, thanks very much for the nuggets and the insight and the intel and uh we'll see you guys on the other side you guys peace <laughs>